2: or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions. Limitless answers.
4: School of Humans.
5: Hello, welcome to Cadaver Gals, the podcast where we talk about all the ways people have died to cope with our own mortality. Today, we decided that we're going to all just be super sexy. So, oh. I'm your host, Taylor. Taylor whoa. With Nika. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hello. That was really sexy, Nika. I like. I panicked. I'm sorry. I panicked.
5: And Gabby. Uh, d- uh, hi.
3: Okay. We, changed,
5: Ew, our not- we okay. changed our minds. We're not
3: breath. Let
4: me throw up. We changed our
5: minds. We're not going to be sexy. Okay. Um. Today. Well, not on
4: purpose. Just accidental sexiness. <laughs> okay.
5: Yeah. Okay. So today we're going to talk about how much food is too much food and the dangers of living among bears. Right? Yeah. Today's trigger warnings are they're intense, they're eating disorders, excessive eating, cannibalism, family abandonment, mauling, general violence and death. So really fun times. Cue the music. Cadaver All right, I hope you all enjoyed the music as usual, Nika. I would like for you to go ahead and just take us on this journey. I'm
3: scared, but we're gonna we're gonna do it. Okay, I just took a sip of coffee because this story necessitates it. I pride myself on bringing deranged stories, and I think this story definitely counts. I, I, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. Okay, so we're going to 18th century France, um, Lyon to be exact. And Ooh la la. Yes, where a family is deciding whether or not they can keep their teenage boy. Um, whether they can keep him? Do they
4: mean like an abortion? Yeah. No, 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 no.
3: No, teenage abortions are not possible at the moment with scientific discoveries, nor now, nor in the 18th century. No, they love their son, but his appetite... Has gone bananas. He can eat one fourth of a whole cow in a single day, and he's constantly hungry. And he never gains weight; like he's just one hundred pounds, and that never changes. And then
4: jealous.
3: I know. Well, well, I don't think he'll be jealous after after this. But okay. Sometimes, if he's full, he'll look like pregnant, and his belly will inflate like a balloon in a really. Terrible looking way. That doesn't then sound I'm, good. No, but then listen to this. This is worse. When he isn't full, his tummy deflates and it becomes floppy skin that he can wrap oh. around himself. Then, oh, no. Oh, yeah.
5: So he does gain weight in a sense... I mean, but like it, he has room to expand and
3: contract. Yes, he, he expands, but it does not last, you know? And then also just some more um, charming descriptions of this boy. He has these horribly stained teeth and his cheeks are like weirdly floppy, but big. Apparently, he reportedly could fit 12 eggs in his mouth. Like a chipmunk. Um, Yes, exactly like a chipmunk. And it's also reported that he had a, an abnormally wide mouth, like apparently was four inches wide, which is kind of scary.
5: Wow. So just picturing
3: this guy, it's bad. Um, his name is Tarare, and we're going to journey through his life today.
4: Okay. Well.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, his family are not wealthy. You know, they have other kids. They're just farmers. Poor French farmers. So they do what they must, and they kick him out. Ooh. He's just I way mean, too expensive to take care of. It's expensive. But,
5: exactly. But that's rude. It sounds like he has a problem and that that he needs a, like medical attention, not absolutely to be kicked out into the
3: street, but okay. Absolutely, Taylor. I'm glad that you expressed your point on this on this matter. <laughs> I feel very I strongly agree about with, that.
4: <laughs> I agree with kicking him out, you know.
3: Oh, okay. It's
4: what I would do to my children. Okay. I'm, because they're fictional spirit children. And the stakes are lower.
3: Or just a fart. Oh my gosh. We don't save the effort on this podcast. Okay. So, Tarare is barely a teenager. He's so young and he, you know, kicked out. And he meets this group of prostitutes and thieves who roam around, steal things, fuck people, and try to survive, you know, as one does in 18th century France. So, they took Tarare in, all, and he hangs with them for a while, just eating literally whatever he can find, stealing things like the thieves did. Living La Vida Loca, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know why Ricky Martin reference came in here, but okay. And then he ends up in Paris with this group of, you know, crazy people. And at that time, he actually lands a gig as a street performer because by now, like, there's no way to hide his appetite. I mean, people hand him anything and he eats it. Kind of literally anything. It's his thing. So little sixteen-year-old Terare is eating stones and a basket full of apples and snakes stones. and eels. Mm-hmm. That's not did edible. Did he eat the did he wine eat the basket too? I don't. I honestly don't know. Probably. And it was said that actually with the apples, he could just open his mouth and fit like a basket full of apples at this like at the same time inside, like apple after apple, whole apple after apple. No, like no way. No chewing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, Taylor. Well, what do you want me to do? Well, I want you to go back
5: to 18th century Lyon.
3: I want you to go to to Lyon.
5: Well, now he's
4: in gay Paris. Yeah,
3: pay attention, fact checker. Anyway, so, you know, that's how he does this. And he does this with no problem. And he scraps by for a while like this, kind of just being a a human oddity, right? And then when he's around 20, he joins the French Revolutionary Army because there was a war going on as war happens, you know. But he's still hungry. Mm. So he tries to get by with his military rations. And then he also does odd jobs for soldiers so they could give him their military rations. And he would also dig through the garbage to eat anything he could stomach. But even with these very advanced techniques of digging through garbage, etc., (laughs) etc., he still ended up in the hospital of exhaustion. He was so hungry he collapsed of exhaustion. My gosh. Um, He was not kidding. Like He really needed more food, you know? Well, I guess at that time there weren't there wasn't um
5: it was like go to war, that's fine. They didn't yeah. really do all these kind of health like checks, checks and yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah.
3: Well, but they but they made themselves responsible of him, which I appreciate. So, you know, they took him to the military hospital. And the staff at the hospital are shook by what they see, obviously. And now I'm going to describe Tarari just a little bit more for y'all to get the full picture. I'm glad he's finally getting medical attention. Well, Yes. So his mouth was, yes, insanely wide. Yeah. And he also had a very thin hair and he was pretty short and kind of stout. And he also apparently smelled really, really bad. And like, this is 18th century France. If they say something smells bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a quote about him that he smelled so bad. And this is the quote, he could not be endured within the distance of 20 paces. Okay.
4: Oh, so always social distancing. Good for always.
3: him. Yes. And apparently he was also always sweating and overheated. And when he ate, his eyes would get all bloodshot. And when he was full, he would go into a food coma and basically nap
5: for He's not hours. okay.
3: No. <laughs> Please help him. No, he's not okay. So this is what the hospital staff have on their hands. And they're looking at him like, what are you? Not even who are you? What are you? This is insane. So they're like, we can't let him go. We need to run some tests. Now, there are very scientific tests. Again, this is 18th century, y'all. Included making a meal for 15 people and seeing if he could eat it all. He did. Mm-hmm. They gave him a live eel, and he crushed the eel's skull with his teeth and slurped the entire animal down. Like... Ah.
4: Bones and everything. I don't like that. Um, They were like, you know. Is this a test or is this a game?
3: (laughs) For real, though. I don't think the doctors really knew a difference at that point. So they were like, you know, I think these tests are going well with the animals. Let's do some more animals. So big trigger warning over here. They gave him more live animals, like a cat. No. Which he tore apart with his teeth and ate and apparently, drank the blood from the carcass and oh just ate oh. the bones.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm. How is this? It ag- get how is this medical? Like what is it's happening? It's not.
3: I don't think it's medical at this point. And so these experiments continued. Other live animals, snakes, lizards, dogs, whatever—like literally anything they could throw at him, he would eat it. He baffled doctors, and then he also underwent psychological experiments because they were like, "Yeah, there has to be something wrong with this person." But the only thing they found wrong about him was that he wasn't motivated. (laughs) (laughs) What? I mean, I understand not being motivated. Yeah, they were like, he's just kind of apathetic. But other than that, he seemed perfectly sane. He just didn't have, like, direction in his life.
4: I mean, sometimes when you don't have direction, you know, you fill the void with, you know, a live cat eel body. Exactly. That's what I do whenever I'm feeling aloof.
3: Gabby, you literally are a cat mother. Stop.
4: Okay. Yeah, of a lot of cats... So
3: they were like, "Um, okay, if we can't understand this, we're at least going to use this for military purposes,
4: as the military does (laughs) many times. He's going to eat the enemy.
3: I mean, I'm sure he could have done that, actually. So they decide to use him as a courier. And his mission, should he choose to accept it, was to eat a wooden box with a sensitive document inside meant for a French colonel who was a prisoner of war of the Prussians. All Terraria had to do was cross into Prussian lines and go to Neustadt, which is a small German town, and that's where the colonel was being held prisoner. So they were turning him into a spy, basically, and, you know, they knew he could eat the message, and they knew he could, I hate this, pass it, pass the wooden box, and deliver the message. Oh. Like, they knew uh, that was a thing. So. You also have to think about his, his butthole.
5: I was about like, to that say. That butthole. Uh, yeah. Well, but everything else was loose,
3: right? His. Yeah,
5: yeah this his is skin, skin yeah.
4: saggy butthole.
3: Ooh. I mean, yeah, if he can pass a wooden box. And apparently he also throughout his life suffered intense I can't the D word.
4: Diarrhea. Diarrhea.
3: Thanks, guys. <laughs> we got you. Okay. So uh, he was becoming a spy. But the problem is, you know, he wasn't the brightest necessarily. And you know, the, the military knew he could eat the message and deliver it. Like, that wasn't a problem. But they were a little worried about whether he was mentally there enough to do all the spy work. Could know? he not just, like, report the
5: message? Did he really need to have it in a box? <laughs> like I know, right? You're like, hey, I got, I got something to tell you.
4: Well, they probably sent him off, and afterwards they're like, hey, we could have done something else besides probably. that. They're like, no, Honestly. no, 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 that was the only way.
5: No, this is, si- this is the silly way to do it.
3: Okay. Yeah, and they were like, we have to do that because we're French. Okay, anyway, so he was like, what's in it for me? You know, it's a, it seems like a hard thing to do. And they offered him 30 pounds of bull intestines, which he said Aww. yes to, and then um ate in front of all the generals immediately. Literally 30 pounds of bull intestines. Just ate in front of his his comrades like it was nothing. That's all he got for that, though? That's, I know. I feel like he deserved a lot more than that. Well, again, he wasn't the brightest, you know? So he goes to Germany, disguised as a peasant, and he gets as far as Landau, which is still kind of far from Neustadt, before Germans were like, you don't speak German, and also, why are you eating everything in sight and fighting, you know, dogs for scraps? I'm telling on you, to our Prussian troops. So he's caught, and at first he's super loyal, which is very, you know, impressive. He's like, I'm not telling you anything. But then then they imprison him, and then after 24 hours, he's like, never mind. This is what's going on. This is what's in my digestive tract at the moment. And so the Prussian commander who imprisoned him, uh, General Zuegli was like, oh, okay, he has good intelligence. It's inside him. And then he decides to beat Terare and then chain him to a latrine until he passes the Ooh. wooden box. Yes. So finally, 30 hours after Terare swallowed the box, which, by the way, can we just talk about how he did not last a day as a spy? I mean... They made him eat a wooden box.
4: Yeah, I don't blame him for shit. I mean, I think I would probably give up pretty quickly too, you know.
3: Oh,
5: Especially
4: no. if I was that hungry.
3: Yeah, that, I mean that's understandable. I also, it's like so sus too. Like you know, this random guy who doesn't speak German and is eating on the ground—that's not very spy-like. You know, spies usually yeah. try to. Keep, How do you know? They're just. Um, I, that's not of the business, It's because Taylor. Nika's
4: a spy. How
3: many spies do you know?
4: Three. And um. they're right here.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. We would be, I think we would be great spies, actually. Very unsuspecting. I've all, yes. And I've always wanted to be, like, one of those sexy James Bond lady spies, right? That's always, I've always wanted to be that mysterious, you know, girl with the slit dress at the bar, like, and has, like, a knife in her thigh. But I talk too fucking much to be that in my life. And so I'll never be the mysterious girl. I'm always the one that's like, hey, oh, my gosh, where are you? Blah, blah, blah. I like talking too much. Well, I mean, actually, no, I talk just fucking enough, but definitely too much to be a spy. So <laughs> that will never be me. And that is A-OK. OK. um, So 30 hours after Terari swallows the box, the box emerges. Mm. Ew. And um, General Zoegli like opens the box. I'm sure it would hurt. And he opens the box. It's and
4: crazy. it's filled with confetti. <laughs> it was just a fun trick.
3: Only to find it was a dummy message. Because the French <gasps> commanders weren't sure if they could trust Harari with sensitive documents.
4: So they just sent him for fun, I guess. Yes. They're wow. so mean
3: to him. Yeah, I know. So the general is super mad, of course, and he sentences Tarari to be hung. Ooh, Why? And so Because he's a spy. I don't know. And he's mad. Oh, he the to, Prussian general. Yeah, the Prussian oh, general. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So Tarari, you know, he's been beaten. he's at the gallows. he literally the noose is the nooses around his neck. He's just horrified and the general's like, I can't do this. And so instead he beats Tarari more severely actually, before dropping him off across enemy lines. Tarari obviously was traumatized and then he was um, taken back to the military hospital. And so Terari is not fit for military work anymore because he has severe PTSD and trauma from the expedition that the military sent him on.
5: This is why I hate Uh. people.
3: Yeah. So he finally wanted a cure for his constant appetite. Like, it was obviously ruining his life. And so he stayed at the military hospital for a while, but literally nothing would work. They tried laudanum, which is an opium tincture that was used back then. They tried a diet of only soft-boiled eggs. I'm not sure why they thought that's what would cure get your protein appetite i guess they tried other certain diets they tried tobacco pills but nothing worked he was still very hungry and then in the meantime while he was going through these things he'd get so hungry he'd break out of the hospital to fight stray dogs for scraps on the street like guys this was an actual real person like a documented real person i just find that insane he'd also break into patients rooms i know and listen to this He'd break into patients' rooms to drink their blood when they were going through um, bloodletting, which is the process of draining blood from a certain places to cure disease. So he'd be like, you know, their their arm would be bleeding, and he'd be right under the bleeding arm, open like mouth open, <laughs> taking the blood basically. He was he was he a vampire? I I don't know. Did he eat garlic? I don't. He ate everything, so probably. <laughs>
4: He would be the worst vampire. I mean, they're supposed to be sexy, and no offense to Terari, but he does not sound sexy. No, he does
3: not sound sexy. He's not
4: good sexy. for our sexy episode t- mm. today. He's oh, like I'm the sorry. opposite of sexy.
3: Yeah, that truly is. And it gets even less sexy or more sexy, depending on what you're into. He'd also even eat the cadavers in the mortuary. What? No. Yeah.
4: Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, was he was hunky.
3: He was hunky. Now, this is kind of tolerated at the hospital. Everyone was like, oh, that's just Tarare. Like, patients that are cadavers. bloodletting are like, oh, my God, this guy's you know, drinking my blood. And the nurses are like, oh, that's Tarare. Like, don't worry about that. But when a 14-month-old child went missing in the hospital, everyone blamed him for eating it. And he was kicked oh. out of the hospital.
4: Oh, no. Oh. Terrari,
3: yes. come Just on. Just eat the bro. dead
4: people, not the alive people. Not the
3: alive one, exactly.
4: That's our morality here on Cadaver <laughs> Gals. If you're going to yes. eat somebody, make sure they're already dead.
3: Exactly. So he went on his way, you know, kicked out for possible cannibalism. And no one heard about him, you know, for a while. And then four years later, the doctor who treated him, who he actually became really close to Terrari, gets a letter from another doctor who's like, hey, your patient wants to see you. He's about to die. And the patient was Terare, who was convinced that a golden fork was fucking up his system and that it was stuck and that that's why he was dying. But it wasn't actually a golden fork. It was late-stage tuberculosis. Oh, and no. he died shortly after. Mm.
5: Uh, okay, there's a reason he thought it was a golden fork.
3: Like he what ate the- what are you saying?
5: Like he ate it probably,
3: right? He says he ate it 2 years before. He, okay. he was dying. Well, so my he's point like, is that's is for that sure he what He ate it a is. fork. Yeah, he ate a fork. Yeah.
5: That's – this is
3: a lot. <laughs> yeah, it really is a lot. I can't wrap my brain around the fact that this was an actual real human being. Like, I, I don't know why it's really hard for me to not see this as a mythological, like, folklore tale. But no, this was, like, very much someone real who lived in France. There's records of him. Like, that just, to me, is bananas so they dissected him, hoping for answers, despite the fact that the body was rotting very rapidly, and it smelled truly like death in the worst way, because again, Tarari already smelled pretty bad, so you can imagine what that must have been like, and when they opened up his esophagus, this is so weird, they found that they could see directly into his stomach, like a clear line from his esophagus to his stomach, so like, all they had to do is, you know, peer into the start of the esophagus which is kind of around your throat and they could just see the cavernous like he had no intestines tarare tummy no he had intestines but it seems like his. it was
4: clear or like translucent or something
3: No, no no like it was like a direct like there it wasn't like kind of small the way ours are and then the intestines were pushed down so his stomach was super super bloated and very very big it was very deformed basically and i don't know why but that image really freaked me out and i was like that's why he could just pop apples like it was no one's business you know it just went right down into the tummy Also,
4: oh, his esophageal sphincter was just very loose and it was just big and yeah. Yes. So
3: thank you, Gabby, for that. Ooh,
4: just a big loose esophagus.
3: Yes, and then um, it seems like his abdomen, as I said, was severely deformed. Um, and he had terrible ulcers, and his stomach was full of pus. Oh. Oh. Yeah, like his stomach compared to his other intestines that are in like the abdomen area was severely enlarged, and then um. They never figured out what was wrong with him, (laughs) which is really sad. He just had like, you know, bad organs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there are some theories. I have I have some theories. Do you want to hear them? Yes,
5: absolutely.
3: Well, one theory, which I found really interesting, is that Terrare's hypothalamus was enlarged. And the hypothalamus, I mean, I mean, we already know that a lot of his body was enlarged, but the hypothalamus is the part of the brain that regulates the body's temperature and is responsible for hunger cues and appetite. And Terari was always hot and sweaty and obviously was always hungry. So I feel like that kind of, that plus his deformities kind of tracks as like a possible theory for why he was the way he was. Um, and then there's also GI
4: tracks.
3: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, well, Gabby, that was funny. Which is why I didn't laugh, lovingly. Um, (laughs) So there's also a theory that he had a parasite living inside of him, which is why he never gained weight. And then there's other not-so-scientific theories, like he was an alien or a demon. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. as a man who wrote a book on Tarare was quoted saying, he was a product of his time. Oh,
4: Like he was a metaphor? (laughs) Yeah. How was he a product of his time?
3: I don't know, but he wrote a book on Tarare if you want to read it.
4: Yeah, in France, you know, they were just hungry, so hungry for power, for wine, for croissant, and then they had Tarare, who was the metaphor of that. He was just hungry, exactly. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Product of his time sounds like he was just a product of like a very unfortunate uh, body deformity. Yeah,
3: I would (laughs) trust the demon one more than the product of his time one.
4: He was a demon. Well, I mean, alien. I could get that, you know.
5: Well, that was a lot to digest. So, but I'm uh, uh, So, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, I will talk. We'll talk about how much is too much.
1: I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded.
2: Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink
5: Welcome back. I hope you all um, went and got some snacks. Like Nika. I'm literally eating right now. was like, "Mm, this made me hungry. Oh,
4: I thought you said like Nika, like I hope you're eating Nika. No. Because he ate people.
5: Yeah, no, don't eat people, please. That's not confirmed. Well, the
3: cadavers were, but yeah, okay.
5: All right, so you know what they say, too much of one thing is bad, right? So... There are like actually too much love, too much of a good thing, you know. That's that's a thing. So, there are actually some foods out there that you can kind of OD on. I mean, everything should be in moderation, right? Like, as we all know, um, except for flowers, you can never have too many flowers in your garden, okay? Just I okay, make that clear.
4: I'm confused. So, you are you I'm eating just saying everything in, in your garden?
5: I'm saying everything in life should be in moderation except for flowers. You can't have too many flowers. I love flowers.
4: Or cats. You can't have too many of them.
5: <laughs> I think you can definitely have too many cats. Love nope.
4: it. <laughs> no, I don't think so.
5: Okay, but there are out, a few foods out there that can be dangerous if you eat too much. Everyone kind of probably already knows the dangers of drinking too much water. Yes, Nika. Oh, my gosh. Um, can we can we guess
3: what are they? I have a guess.
4: Slim Jim.
3: Yeah. No. Oh. No, but I'm really mad at them for never going through with the ad with us. That's really rude. We would have been a great Slim Jim We've already,
5: ad. like, we've br- done their ad for them <laughs> without Eat any.
4: Slim Jim because it, well, if you even had just a regular esophagus, unlike Terrare you could probably just slide that straight down your esophagus to your tum-tum. Ew. You don't need to even chew a Slim Jim anymore. Not on oh cadaver gals. Do you
3: know... Do you guys know that feeling when you're having spaghetti? and The yes. spaghetti gets stuck in your throat. You gotta
4: pull then it out. And you have
3: to pull it out?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I love that feeling. Ew. Okay. Is it spaghetti?
5: No. Oh, oh Is it is gushers? It, is it no. cherries? No. Oh. Is
4: it... Um, Apples.
5: Apples. No. Oh,
4: it, is it...
5: Peanut butter was on the list. Hey. Fruit by the foot. No. Is it
4: a tofu?
5: No. Okay, Nika, you're actually going to be perhaps upset by this one. So get ready. Bananas. Oh, my. I actually have a story about that, but keep going. Okay, so bananas. Bananas. As we all remember from the hit '90s film, "Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves," bananas have a lot of what, Mika? What? What do bananas have? that's good fun.
3: For you. Potassium. Yes.
5: Did
3: you, uh. <laughs> did you see "Honey,
5: We Shrunk Ourselves"?
3: No, I've never no. seen that in my life. You but didn't everyone even? knows. Everyone knows bananas have potassium.
5: Yeah. Well, we learned that. I learned that from "Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves." Potassium is good for you, but it can be overdone, and it's called hyperkalemia. Basically, too much potassium can get into your blood, and then your heart stops beating. And we all know what that means—you die.
4: Oh, what? shooters! Wait, no, no,
3: no! Don't That's stress. Not funny? Don't no. stress. No. Don't oh. stress, Nika. You'd well, how literally, many do you literally do have
5: to
4: have—you'd have to have, have, I, to have
3: like five hundred bananas in one sitting. Oh, okay. So you're fine. I, well, because one time I ate. 15 to 20 bananas in one sitting. You're fine. Don't even worry. Okay, good. Thanks.
5: So uh, this is kind of funny. I thought I was being like so smart about this. And so I called my doctor friend. And so what I was trying to do was equate um, dying from bananas and water toxicity as being like the same thing. I was like, oh, well, potassium turns into electrolytes when it enters your body and water has electrolytes. So maybe it's the electrolytes and ODing on electrolytes. And I got this... That tracks. Yeah, so I was like convinced and I thought I was like a medical genius. And he was just literally like, no, that's just not even remotely true. You're ridiculous. And he was like, and over like ODing on potassium would be insane. He he was like, that's ridiculous. But he was telling me, and the way he described this was so disgusting. So if you, like when you do die from um, drinking too much water and water toxicity, basically your brain kind of swells. And there's like a little bit of a hole in the base in the bottom of your skull, and your no, brain's. No, I like, actually
3: not okay with that personally. I'm not okay with that right now. Okay, keep going.
5: So, so yeah, that was a, a fun time. Well, what happens about. with the
3: hole now? I need to know. Well, your brain squish out of it. Oh my! I don't need to know that. <laughs> I don't need to know that. Actually, that was not necessary. I mean, that was that's um, a very, very not
5: a very medical way to put it, but um,
4: your brain squishes out <laughs> of it.
5: Okay. This, this one was interesting. Okay. So another food that can be dangerous is potatoes, specifically. Oh, no. I, know, I love potatoes. Because they come in so many different forms, specifically green potatoes. So I don't even know green potatoes existed. No, okay. no. Think about this, Nika. So have oh, you no, ever I'm seen, kidding. you know, like on the edges, like it's just you just kind of like assume that it's not ripe, like fully ripe or whatever, and you just kind of like lop that off or yes. even like. You've seen it on like a potato chip. I mean, I don't eat that <gasps> part. Yes, you
3: know yes. what I mean. Yes, the green one. Well, that is toxic.
4: <gasps> oh my god! Don't you know that you're toxic, Free Britney? Yeah.
5: Oh yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> so this actually like really stressed me out. I didn't know. Anyway, so basically, what happens is green potatoes have solanine, which is basically like a poison. So, okay. Potatoes are a tuber, right? They're a root. They grow underground. They don't get light. So according to this study by Purdue University, they found that that green color is caused by chlorophyll, which chlorophyll comes from like light, right? So they're underground. So if they get too much sunlight, they get chlorophyll, which turns the potato green. And solanine causes very unpleasant tom-tom issues. Nika,
3: the D word, you know. Um, I was going to say, why are you pointing at me for tum-tum issues? Focus on yourself. Focus on your own (laughs) tum-tum, Taylor. (laughs) But yeah, so uh,
5: I mean, okay, you'd have to eat, again, like close to two pounds worth. But you could still, if you consume too much, you could still have stomach issues, you know, not feeling too good. But like if you have too much, you know, you can, you can, um, you could
3: die. Flop over and die. You know, this makes me think of that whole um, argument, like, what would you give a medieval child that would probably kill them instantaneously and people are like mountain dew and stuff like that. But you know, back then getting the D usually equaled like death because it would dehydrate people so badly. So D has a diarrhea. Green, yeah. <laughs> so they have one, although the other D dehydrates you too. <laughs> so they you know, two green potatoes and they were probably out, you know? We're so, we're much more we're sturdier now. But they also
5: knew then that you that you needed to store your potatoes in a cold and dark spot so they don't have access to light. And it, and it really it doesn't like affect the rest of the potato. So like you can just like cut it off and it's fine. But um so yeah, that's why cuz it can still get the green from the, you know, if you're if you've got your potatoes out on the counter and light is hitting them, then it's getting chlorophyll and it can turn
3: green and then so there you go. I'm going to go on a tour at like a Lay's potato chip facility, and I'm gonna do like an expose of all of their green potatoes and how they still use them despite the fact that they're poisoning people. I mean, they're not poisoning people. Like, let's they're
5: not poison. That's not like cause <laughs> panic here. Like, you can still eat your potato chips. Just maybe don't eat the green parts. I mean, it shouldn't have green parts, but you know what I mean. All right. Anyway, so there are you know there were a couple of others on the list. Like, um, don't OD on black licorice, which. I, Not a like, problem. Yeah, exactly. Like, who's ODing on black licorice? That's disgusting. And like nerds. Yeah. And then there was also, you know, like carrots turning your skin orange and like weird things like that. So, so anyway, too much of one thing is, you know, can be dangerous, but it is typically like a lot. Like, who's eating 400 bananas? Though there are other things that have lots of potassium. So, anyway, so. We're all afraid, again, to eat too much food. Nope. Nope?
4: I'm not.
3: Okay.
4: I'm going to okay. be a tarare.
3: Um, Gabby, don't... Okay. Well, you can do whatever you want with your life, so...
4: <laughs> well, I'm not going to eat 500 bananas. I feel like this is going to be fine.
3: Okay.
5: And I, I do eat like... a lot
4: of potatoes, but I don't know if I eat that many potatoes.
3: But, it. But like, it has to be specifically, like, the green part, so... Just, like, don't eat a toddler, please. Don't. No, I'm not
4: going to do that. I promise. I that swear on Terrari's alien brethren oh that I will not eat a toddler.
3: All
5: right, Gabby, with that said, let's let's move on here.
4: Okay. Well, we have some more pleasant fun stories. Let let's get into this one's very fun too, you know. Just some descriptions of violence and body parts that everyone will really enjoy mm-hmm. hearing. So, yeah. Okay, so basically this story is uh it, I mean if you've seen the 2005 Werner Herzog Werner Herzog documentary Grizzly Man. It's basically about that. Um have y'all seen it? It's a great film. I Werner not, Herzog? I am literally stupid. No. No, Werner Herzog is hilarious though, you know, cuz he's like he's like narrates it in this like very uh sort of like melodious sort of way and he has his German accent and it's pretty Delightful, and you know he's trying to ask you the big questions, but then I just, you know, laugh. Okay, so I would like to thank. No, I don't want to do that. Okay, so, (laughs) (laughs) so in the summer of two thousand three, Timothy Treadwell and his girlfriend Amy are in Alaska, and Timothy has been going to Alaska for every summer for for the past like more than a decade. Um, He's basically a pseudo celebrity, pseudo bear activist. Who has been trying to live amongst the bears for a, more than a decade, basically? And he
3: has a girlfriend.
4: Yes, her name's Amy. Amy
3: Whatever, bears girl. are cute. Um, yeah, they can also literally kill you. I mean,
4: yeah, yeah, but he's so he's been like literally will like camp in very bear heavy areas. He like approaches them a lot, and he tries to like because he and he learns about the bears, and he like during the. Uh, during the other seasons, he's like, you know, touring around schools, talking about bears all the time. And he's just like a bear activist, but a lot of people have issues with how he is a bear activist. Cause they're like, actually, you're just, uh. You know, making them (laughs) accust. You're overbearing. You're actually (laughs) getting (laughs) them like accustomed to humans and stuff, and that's probably not good. And you know, there might be a line between humans and nature, and it seems like you're crossing it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So there's all these questions about him, but yeah, so he's obsessed with bears, especially grizzly bears. Um, and you know, he knows a lot of the different bears in the parts of Alaska that he camps at, and you know, he gives them names. Like there's Rowdy. Oh, so he knows them personally, not
5: just like they're the
3: different kinds of bears. I
5: see. Yeah, he he knows knows them
4: personally. Are these
3: bears or are these like Snow White's dwarves? What's Rowdy for a name of a bear?
4: Well, Rowdy's a little rowdy, so that's why, you know, there's Grumpy, there's Hungry, there's (laughs) Scratching My Backy. Look out for Hungry. Yeah. So, he's with the bears and he's kind of like people, he's been on like late night talk shows and like so people kind of know about him. Anyway, and he also has this organization, called Grizzly People, which is, you know, for the preservation of bears. But again, people are like, maybe like biologists, ecologists and stuff are like, maybe you're not actually helping the bears with what you do. So it is the summer of 2003. And he and Amy have been in Alaska the whole summer. They're fixing to leave. It was like the end of September. And this was kind of like a, a important moment for Amy and Timothy because, you know, she was moving from Colorado to Malibu to go live with him because he lives in Malibu during most of the year. And so, but then, you know, he kind of has an issue, like they're about to leave, but then he has like an issue with the ticketing people. Uh, Like someone had like increased the prices in order for them to fly out of where they were. So he got mad, but also one of the bears, actually Downey, that bear. He was concerned about her because he had seen this other male bear that was being a little aggressive with her and he was like, I wanna make sure she's okay. So they decided to extend their trip through early October. So they went back out to go camp again. He calls up Jewel Pobanak, who is his friend, also former girlfriend, who runs Grizzly People with him and was like, Hey, we're gonna stay but then he was also really happy. He told her he had found Downey and she was fine. So don't worry about Downy. okay? The bear. Good. So then no one hears from them ever again, uh alive. So what, what oh, happens oh, oh. is so it's October sixth, two thousand three. He was not prepared and, for that. And the next day, a pilot that is set to deliver some provisions to them, he sets down near the on the on the lake near their campsite, but he can't get to the shore because there's this brown bear that keeps charging him. Mm. So he, you know, gets back to his airplane and even tries to like kind of like buzz the bear like they have, like, a like a bear taser, basically. He tries to, like, get the bear. Anyway, so he's, like, this bear is really aggressive and keeps charging him. So he, like, goes to the other side of the lake, and he calls the rangers because he's, like, there's this bear. Also, I think I just saw human remains near the campsite.
3: <gasps> oh, no. Okay, like, a bear charging you? That's scary. I'm so sorry, yeah. but that is terrifying. Like, bears are big. I... I I literally, I saw a small, like a literally baby, I think, black bear. And then I saw another black bear when I was driving in the, um, like near the Blue Ridge Mountains, like early in the morning. And black bears are rel- not scary in in the way where it's like they'll charge at you. They're actually very sweet and shiny. She was crossing the road. It was very cute, but they are big, and they are they're animals. And like grizzlies it's like they are have bigger. Big claws. Oh, grizzlies and brown. But I like I, I don't I don't know what this man was thinking.
4: Black bears are much smaller than grizzlies, too. I know. So, if I ever saw a grizzly, oh my gosh, Cappy, if I ever saw a grizzly
3: in person, no. Cabby, what year is this?
4: 2003. Okay. So, the rangers arrive on the scene, and they too are being charged at by this large brown bear. And they think is the same one that the pilot was describing. Um, and they describe it as it looked like kind of malnourished. It was a male. It had rotting teeth. Oh. Um, and it was charging at them. And at a distance of 12 feet, they had to end up shooting it. And they killed it. Oh. But 12 feet, very close. Very yeah. close. So they approach the campsite. And they, find, they indeed find human remains. What they find is uh, this is gross. They find Timothy's head very disfigured, <laughs> part of his spine uh his right forearm and his hand that still has his wrist watch on it and then amy's they found some of her remains just sort of torn up and partially and also some yeah so kind of yeah just also things that bears do sometimes i mean obviously they're assuming this is a bear attack
5: yeah that seems like a pretty fair assumption
4: yeah, and so sometimes what bears do to save their, you know, they'll kill and then they'll like bury their, what they killed as a snack for later. You know, they don't want to eat the whole thing.
5: Oh my gosh. They're a not like terrari.
4: Eh? Yeah. So they couldn't find some of Amy's remains because they're probably buried. And also with Timothy's remains, some of them might have been buried as well. Anyway, as they're doing this, another big bear, a grizzly bear walks through the campsite, but the bear's not trying to like, get up on them or anything so they're like okay we'll ignore that bear but then another smaller grizzly bear comes to the campsite and is like kind of like stalking them so then they end up having to kill that bear as well so and that's the thing too is that a lot of people as i was talking about earlier had issues with how like timothy treadwell was advocating for bears because he was like the proximity he had to them was you know first of all extremely unsafe and at When he first started seeing the grizzlies and like going out into Alaska, he would bring bear mace with him. But by the time of this point, he had literally no protection. Like a lot of times biologists, when they go out into the forest, they bring like an electric fence so that bears can't get through. They also have bear mace and like rifles and shit. Timothy didn't have any of that shit, you know. And it was just kind of like, sure, you know, he spent years with the bears and nothing has happened. But, you know, just because that happened doesn't mean It won't happen in the future. And a lot of people were saying it wasn't really a matter of like if he was going to be killed by bears. It was a matter of when he was going to be killed by bears. I
5: mean, yeah, there's like, there's coexisting and there's just like, that's just a little bit too, like doing too much. It's a little dangerous, I would say. Yeah.
4: Cause like in the documentary as well, there's uh, this guy who's, I think, the head of a, a wildlife museum that's in Alaska and he's, uh, an indigenous person and he was talking about like, you know, how indigenous people have been living amongst bears, you know, for 7,000 years, but it would never be in this type of like proximity to them, like approaching a bear. Like literally there's footage of like, cause you know, for almost a decade, Timothy was also filming himself like with the bears. And so like, there's, you know, footage of him, like a bear swimming and through a river and he gets in the river to go swim with the bear or like, you know, he tries to pet baby bears and stuff like that
5: like sl- swimming like near like a dog like
3: that's the thing though like w- your point about you know indigenous people have been living amongst wild animals for you know centuries like they mind their fucking business and also it's their land that's what they're doing when you see like this random white guy come in and have this bear obsession of course it's going to end badly like of course wild animals were not meant to be pet and they weren't meant to be your friends i'm sorry like it just is not the case it's about respect. Yes, and and they need their boundaries respected. And he's like, he's touching baby bears. Bro, I'm surprised that this didn't happen sooner. Lovingly.
4: <laughs> Lovingly.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's still so it's so bad. It's so sad, obviously. And I'm sure he had good intentions, but like that's crazy. That's insane.
4: Sometimes at the end of the day, your intentions just don't matter. Oh. <laughs> okay, here's the thing, though. Okay, so they did not exactly know what happened. They were assuming that it was like this large brown bear that was charging them that maybe did the mauling and did the killing or whatever. But so they had shot that bear, and they also shot that smaller grizzly bear. And they were going to like sort of dissect it a few days later. So they came back to the campsite. Uh, the smaller bear had been devoured by other bears. So they couldn't... Oh. Check that bear, which apparently is fairly normal behavior, especially kind of in the fall season when they're trying to get ready for hibernation. They want to stock up as much as they can. So they're eating other bears that are dead. But then the big brown bear, they did look into its gut and they found human remains, fingers, limbs, Mm. etc. So they're like, this is probably the bear. Yeah, that did it. And, you know, like I think Werner Herzog in the documentary kind of uh, speculates that maybe it was. Because they stayed later in the season, like they're there in, you know, fall basically. And that's when bears are more dangerous to be around because they're trying to eat so much. So they're all terraries up in there. Okay. So another thing they found at the campsite was Timothy's video camera. And when they got the video camera, they realized that there was a six minute audio file (laughs) that... Had some audio of them being mauled by a bear. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So there wasn't any video. They think maybe the lens cap was on or they just like, maybe they're about to film something and it just like automatically started filming. They don't exactly know what was happening.
5: They like, they put this out there in the documentary.
4: No. In the documentary, it's actually kind of interesting. So Werner Herzog listens to it and he's talking to Jewel, who is okay. Timothy's friend. And so it's just like him listening to it on headphones. And he tells her in the documentary, never listen to this tape. I was like You say, should destroy it.
5: That's traumatic. I wouldn't want to hear that.
4: And she's like, she doesn't end up destroying it. But he was like, it will be like this. It will be haunting you if it like remains in your house. So she, I think, put it in like a bank safety box or something. But yeah, no one. That tape is not available. And I'm glad because I would have listened to it. But apparently it is so. I know you
3: would have. I know, but I would have too. I would have been like, okay, I actually was about to Google it, which is bad. I I don't know why. It's like human curiosity slash you want to know everything, right? I'm glad it's not out. I'm glad. I'm really happy it's not out. That, that's really bad.
4: Yeah. So basically on the tape, what you hear is Timothy yelling, get out here. I'm being killed. <laughs> um, You hear Amy kind of screaming like, hey, play dead, play dead, play dead, which biologists say in that case, probably playing dead. If they're already attacking you, keep attacking you. That's not going to do anything. But then she's yelling like, fight back, fight back. And then he's kind of like... It kind of seems like he's asking her to like help him, but then it's also some other in the documentary, it's more him saying, like, get out of here.
5: I mean, I feel like in that situation I would change my mind a lot too. I'd be like, come help me, go away. No, come help me. What do I do?
4: Yeah, and then Timothy's like asking her to like hit him with the frying pan, and then you hear her screams and then you stop hearing him screaming. So it's just a lot of screaming. And yeah, so They had the tape. They listened to it. And they don't exactly know, like, what were the exact motions that happened. But it is pretty obvious that a bear attacked Timothy. Uh, Amy tried to save him. But then the bear attacked her as well. Mm. And there was, like, a moment, too, where you can kind of, because they had his head, they do know that at some point, you know, while he was still alive, the bear crushed his head. Oh. Don't we love it? Okay. So yeah, there's all these arguments around, like, obviously what we talked about, of you know, whether or not what he was doing was actually like helpful to bears. I mean, I think it's, you know, his life, his, he had a pretty, you know, hard, I mean, hard life in that, like he, you know, he had a pretty good family, but then he's, he became an alcoholic and he started doing drugs and kind of like for him and his personal life, like, finding the bears is kind of what, you know, saved him from probably just being dying of, like, a heroin overdose at some point. You know, it's like, it's a, uh, I don't know. Like, pro- don't live with bears, probably, because they're probably going to get you, you know. You know, maybe have a safe distance. Do some social distancing with bears. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And uh, also, yeah, grizzlies, grizzlies be scary as fuck.
5: Yeah. Keep your distance for sure.
4: So that is the death of Timothy Treadwell.
5: Wow. Wow. When we come back, we're going to talk about more predators.
1: I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, the Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper.
3: It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from
1: us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way: knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence Listen to cold-blooded The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later,
6: Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Okay, we're back. Animals, I love them, and you may love them too, but you know what? They exist for a reason, and, you know, like, there's a reason that we have so much biodiversity. It keeps the world afloat. So it's important, like, animals are important from your pollinators and bees and butterflies to your predators like wolves, and wolves are so cool.
3: Oh my gosh, are we going to get into wolves? We're going to talk about wolves. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's Um, go. Yes.
5: So for a very long time, wolves and people coexisted very well. It is even said that people learn from them, like how they hunt and track and things like that. So like wolves basically taught us how to be um, people. So
4: I like how Gus is in the background, just like lying down and yawning Uh, as we talk about the wolves.
5: Gus Is practically a wolf. He, um.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've learned a lot about, you know, hunting from Gus.
5: Yeah. No, I learned a lot of how to snuggle from Gus. Well, just like Gus, wolves are cute AF. Okay, so we're actually going to go to Yellowstone. We all know it. We love it. Never been, but I'm pro national parks and whatnot. Back in the 1800s, before it was what it is now, there were a lot of farmers ruling the lands. And they were mad at the wolves because the wolves, they were taking over. They were eating their cattle, sheep, chickens, which was a problem. So the farmers were like, I'm going to just, you know, get rid of them. And so the wolves were seen as menaces to society. So people were hunting wolves. It was not just the farmers, though. And this is what makes me so angry. There were government agencies as well that were supporting this. And it was like an (gasps) active. Oh,
3: no. There were like
5: active bounties to get rid of them. You know, they were like, they're dangerous for people that are hiking around the area. So they were being hunted like in Yellowstone as well as like the neighboring woods. And so wolves were quickly decreasing in numbers. They actually, the first record of a wolf bounty was in Massachusetts in 1630. That is so rude. I'm Yeah, I'm mad about it. So by 1923, gray wolves were es- essentially extinct from Yellowstone. And even worse, they weren't seen in like any of the like all but two U.S. states. And you guys know I love guessing games. So do you want to guess which oh, states? Oh, Montana. Gabby, do you have any guesses?
4: Um, Florida and Florida. Oh my gosh, Gabby.
3: <laughs> uh, you're both wrong. Um, Michigan oh. and Minnesota. I really thought, what? I really thought Mont- Montana. So you know, yeehaw. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, they were being hunted there too. So, you want to guess what happened to Yellowstone?
4: Um, Uh, Burned down, and now it's all mixed-use developments. Exactly.
5: It was canceled. What? No, no. It went to shit, though. The elk took over. They were eating everything, trampling everything. Like, the foliage biodiversity just just didn't exist anymore. It was, uh, like, Yellowstone was, like, ugly. It was brown. Beavers had no trees to nibble, and they didn't have anywhere to hibernate because all of the elk had, like eaten and trampled where they would live, so they had to flee. Birds didn't have anywhere to live, so they were leaving. Like elk ruled the lands. And the land was not looking cute. It was looking dead. And so Poor
4: beavers. I
5: know the poor beavers. Beavers are really cute. So after like seventy years later, scientists, biologists, they had quite the novel idea. They were like, okay, this is this is getting out of control. We need to like, let's bring the gray wolf back. And they brought back 31 wolves, to be exact. And mm-hmm. um, we have Canada to thank because some Canadian biologists captured the wolves and brought them to the U.S. for us. How nice. Thank you,
4: Canada. Thank you, Canada. Thanks,
5: Canada. Thanks, Canada. So, um, so as they released them into Yellowstone, one lady wolf was like... <laughs> this is not my problem. She was like, y'all done messed up Yellowstone. And I just think it's rude that you think I'm here to fix it. So she started tracking her way back to Canada. And she was like, queen, queen shit, girl boss, girl boss energy. Yeah, she was like, um, that's a no on the US. Um, I'm gonna go back to Canada. So scientists were like, all right, we got to reintroduce them more gradually. Which ended up working in the end, and it actually worked a lot quicker than they anticipated. They thought it would take like years to do, uh, like five years or something, but they were able to reintroduce them much easier than, than they thought. So they, what they did was they put them kind of in these like larger enclosures. They had guards, too, to keep people away. They didn't want the, the wolves interacting with humans like at all. Which makes sense because, you know, we don't want them getting too comfortable with people and then people doing annoying things. Like, we don't want That's them true. getting too comfortable. Befriending them, pretending to be wolves. Those are all things that people do. Exactly. So they had bodyguards, and I just absolutely love that. I mean, they were far enough away, but, like, you know. And they were only checked on, like, twice a week. They were place food in the enclosures for them. And I'm sure you can guess what happened. Well, like once they were finally reintroduced, the wolves brought order back to the area.
4: Yeah, that's right.
5: Gang, gang. All of the bushes, the trees were able to thrive again, which brought back all the animals that had to flee to find homes, um, help the rivers. And you guys, wolves were respected by other predators as well. The wolves would, like, help provide provide food for them with their kills. So even grizzly bears were like, oh, thank you, Mr. Wolf. Like, the wolves were helping the grizzlies, and the grizzlies were like, thanks. This is so sweet. I love the way you're describing this. It's, no, it is, like, inc- it is absolutely incredible. What, like, the, I'll see if I can find some pictures. Like, the before and after
3: of the wolves being introduced is
5: just absolutely insane.
3: Yeah, if there's pictures, we'll post them because I love that so much, Taylor. You're, like, making me very much root for the wolves.
5: I love wolves. They are amazing. So, who's the real menace to society? People. Humans.
4: Yay. We should put us all in Canada. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, no. Well, they gave us some wolves, so we should send people there. Yeah. I volunteer. That's an even trade.
5: (laughs) Anyway, so... 2020, last year, aka the worst year ever, one absolutely incredible thing happened. What? Those 31 wolves that were introduced in the 90s have become thousands. And the wolves were taken off the endangered species list, y'all. Oh my gosh. That's I am me. so incredibly happy about this. The weirdly
3: heartwarming cadaver gal story.
5: So heartwarming. And, um, <laughs> Would it be Taylor talking about animals if I didn't also have a PSA? <laughs> oh, let's hear it. So a lot of people out there, these the real menaces to society, humans, are like, oh, wolves are really cool and I want to have like a wolf dog or I want to have a wolf. Don't do that. You're wrong. You can't handle them. They're not meant to be pets. They're supposed to exist in the wild. So leave them there. Thank you. Just get a
4: dachshund, bro.
5: Yeah, or a Chinese-crusted powder puff. <laughs> oh, my puff. gosh. Dachshunds are so cute. I get love them. Get a
4: evil the, wiener dog. Hey, Aren't they hey, mean? I no, feel like they're mean. People say, no, like, what? them and chihuahuas are, like, some of the meanest dogs. I mean, to be but fair, I've never been... because they're small. I've never
3: been close to one, so I wouldn't know, but I think they're so cute. They look concerned all the time. They mm. are really cute. Like, I understand that feeling, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just get a Chinese-crusted powder puff. They
5: howl. They're practically wolves. It's fine. Same yeah. thing. Literally but they're like smaller. <laughs> or get a cat dog like kimchi. Exactly. Yeah. And Gus is Gus
3: is like a cat dog. Your, your cat no. is a dog cat. We have hybrids. Yeah. My cat's a dog cat. Your dog is a cat dog. And it's fine. And Gabby's cats are just cats. Very much cats.
4: Wow. Just cats. No, <laughs> but they're just
5: amazing cats.
4: Okay. I accept. Good job, Taylor.
5: Um, but yeah, don't get a wolf, right? don't get a wolf they they're doing they have stuff to do they're busy they've got a job and it is not being your pet okay Mm-hmm. so so there you have it this was I just really liked ending on cute little animals as I love animals we all know that yay but I feel like this
3: was a great episode how are y'all feeling I feel weirdly hopeful and like happy. Oh, yeah. Usually I want to go to therapy immediately after recording Cadaver
4: Gals. Oh, yeah. I'm hungry.
3: Yeah, I kind of am hungry too. Um, On that
5: note, I guess we're going to go eat. Big Terrari vibes. Thanks for listening.
0: Cadaver Cadaver Gals.
5: Cadaver Gals is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. It's hosted, produced, mixed, researched, etc. by Gabby Watts, Nika Duarte, and Taylor Church. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cadaver Gals. Also, leave us a kind note. Kind note. Okay? Thanks.
0: Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robet. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our
3: recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge... Love
2: for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
0: or wherever you get your podcasts.